0: Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the ball.
1: So you might as well just come out and say what you you're feeling at some point in time because you know I
0: can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning me tuning me for joining me in today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Man. Just couldn't even make it fifteen seconds into the show. Um, yeah, thanks for joining the uh, joining the show today. Thanks for hitting that download button, that play button on your uh, favorite podcast sc- subscriber service, whatever. Uh, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe on that podcast app that you use. Hit that subscribe button. It's the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. And why wouldn't you do that with just how friggin' phenomenal I've started this episode. Uh, on today's show, we're going to do an Ohio State primer, uh, going to talk a little bit about the Buckeyes, pretty uh, scary stuff, pretty um, worthy opponent, definitely will be the, the best team Michigan State plays uh, all season, and I think there's a, a decent gap between them and the next team, especially in terms of just talent. Um, so a lot of things to talk about with this team, but it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, I will say that there are some things that could certainly play out in Michigan State's favor uh, in this game. After that, Matt Hepner is going to join the show. Matt uh, works at The Only Colors, writes there. You're familiar with his work. He's on the show, uh, joins us every single week to talk about some X's and O's stuff. And uh, we're we'll about, going to talk about the Indiana game a little bit. We're going to define what a Brian Lewerke game is. Uh, we'll talk more about that. And then we'll get into Ohio State. In the third segment. So two segments with Matt uh, on today's show. Alright, let's uh, not waste any more time. Let's start talking about these Buckeyes. Okay, so I said this offseason to anyone who would listen to me uh, that the Big Ten East title was not Michigan's to lose. Um, Ohio State wouldn't be taking a, a step back this season. That far and away... The best team in the Big Ten and far and away the best team in the Big Ten East is Ohio State. And the reasoning was pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Uh, last year they were really good and they were young in some spots. Um, the players that are starting right now, the third-year guys, second-year guys, even fourth-year guys, I think the recruiting classes were like, Third, second, and second in the nation. Top three, certainly top five uh, recruiting classes three years in a row with Urban Meyer. And those guys are all now sort of hitting their college primes, if you will, right? Chase Young is a perfect example of that. Hitting his third year is going to go off and be the number one, number two, number three overall pick in the NFL draft. And those recruiting classes uh, are now... Fully formed players, and uh, a hell of a lot of them have really panned out, and so there's just more talent on this Ohio State team from a recruiting standpoint than they've had. Uh, I think even in the last few years, like the Urban Meyer, the teams were sort of they were really talented certainly when he got there, but you could sort of see the the talent level build and build and build. Whether it was the Bosa brothers. Uh, whether it was uh, someone like a Dwayne Haskins, uh, name a receiver, (laughs) Paris Campbell, um, name, you know, Von Bell, Apple, whatever. Like, there's just, there's put a lot of guys into the first round of the NFL draft. And it's not everything, but it certainly helps to have a bunch of pros uh, on your team. And this Ohio State team might have more high-end pro talent than uh, perhaps any team. And it's not like a huge margin, right? The 2015 team was loaded. The 2014 team was certainly loaded. Like, Ohio State's usually pretty loaded. But I think this team's just a, a slight notch above uh, those other teams. So they're really talented. And yes, new coach, um, Urban Meyer, is is out of there. One of the best uh, coaches in all of college football. One of the better game day coaches as well, for, for the most part, does a really great job. And, and Ryan Day is sort of an unproven guy in that regard, but there's a reason I think they went with him. Uh, I don't think you get the Ohio State job after Urban Meyer if you're not capable, if you're not up to the task. And they've done some really great things so far there, and he's been you know with the program for, I think this is his fourth year now, so... You know, he's been around it. He's been around the success, the winning. So I thought that was overstated a little bit. And just, you know, the the one thing I guess that potentially could derail the season or could have derailed the season was uh, Justin Fields. If he got hurt or if he just never really made that transition, never really started, you know, struggled coming out of the gate. You know, not all five-star quarterbacks. Are immediately really good. sometimes it takes time. look at Kyler Murray type. He was a huge quarterback in terms of rating and didn't really make that splash impact until later in his career. Um, but fields looks like the real deal and he looks like it right now. Um part of it is you guys are just open. <laughs> like, Ohio State players have been open the entire season. Uh, The receiving core is just unfair. Benjamin Victor, who, if he was a consistent catcher of the football, would be a really, you know, he's a pro prospect, but uh, he's knocked a little bit there, but he's a big, fast dude. Olave came onto the scene last year for him. They still have K.J. Hill. They still have Austin Mack. They just added Garrett Wilson, who's a five-star recruit, uh, like 20th overall in the class last year as a true freshman. Like, they've got five receivers um, who honestly, and you know how you guys know how much I really like Michigan State's receiving group, but they have five guys who might be better receivers than anyone on Michigan State's team. You can throw Daryl Stewart in there, he'll he, he could compete for minutes on Ohio State, but like the passing game has just been unreal. Guys running open all over the place, and Fields has done a good enough job to, uh, you know, distribute the ball, and that's, um, uh, that's going to be tough for Michigan State to stop. Uh, they're going to have to certainly get after the passer a little bit, um, which Ohio State, I think, is 68th and sacks given up, so they're middle of the pack in terms of pass protection. That's a spot that is going to be a key in this game. Their run offense has been absolutely incredible. They're averaging over six yards a carry. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Is a really good back and has yeah 654 yards on 7.1 yards per carry this season. They haven't really gone up against a great run defense yet. This will be the first sort of test, and they do. um, They replaced four starters on the line. They they have one returning starter from last year's team on the offensive line. So maybe that's a spot where. With Michigan State's ability, the having one of the better front uh, fours and one of the better front sevens in the country, maybe Michigan State can slow that run game down and put more pressure, more weight of the game on Justin Fields. That's uh, going to be something. Because, you know, he's super talented. He's been really great so far, but he's yet to face a ton of adversity as a starting quarterback. This year they've been up huge. They've won their last four games by, like, 40 points. Like, it's, it's been a lot of smooth sailing. For Ohio State, and it's well-deserved because they're freaking awesome. Uh, They're number two in SP+. Michigan State is 21st. Projected margin of victory from that metric is, I think, 17, something like that. Um, Ohio State has the number eight offense in that rating, number three defense, and also like a top 10 special teams unit. (laughs) So they're just well-balanced and great pros everywhere. Chase Young is a guy who can wreck a game. I will say though, you know, Michigan State going against an Ohio State team with a bunch of pro talent is nothing new. Them going against an Ohio State team with an an edge rusher who's going to be a top five pick is nothing new. Joey Bosa was there. Nick Bosa was there after him. They've had good games against the Bosa brothers, bad games against them. Um, you know, mixed success. They played Chase Young last year. Um, the offense wasn't nearly in the shape that they're in at this point so it's not anything new right that's the that's the other thing here this is something where Michigan State has against Ohio State for the most part outside of I think really just 2017 was the only time Michigan State has punched above its weight every single time they could have beaten them in 2016 um You can almost say they should have beaten them in 2016, even though they only won three games. They really could have beaten them that uh, year. If last year's team, you know, the defense slowed the offense down for Ohio State a ton. Ohio State had a bad game, and Ohio State won that game because of punting and field position and, you know, a freak fluke snap off a guy for a defensive touchdown, a safety. Like, it was just a real like war of attrition in field position in special teams. And Michigan State had one of the worst offenses in the entire country at that time. Uh, 2012, Michigan State wasn't very good. They um, kept it really close with an uh, Ohio State team that went undefeated. 2013, we know how that happened. 2014 was a really good game that Ohio State just kind of pulled away at the end. 2015, we know it happened. Like, Throughout this entire time where Ohio State has been sort of supercharged with this talent, one game, Michigan State hasn't hung in there. Even though last year was a 20-point win, they still sort of hung in there. And if they had even a tiny bit of a pulse on offense, that game could have been 20-13, to 20-17, much closer, much more interesting game. If they had their punter, too, <laughs> Jake Hartbarger, it could have been a different game. So... Yes, this is a very good Ohio State team. Incredibly talented, loaded, destroying teams every single game this year for a reason. But I don't think it's something where Michigan State's going to go into this game and just be like, well, you win this one. Good job, guys. Like I think uh, it's going to be a bit of a battle. Maybe Ohio State can pull away in the end and and win by 17. And it's a game that ends up with a score that's bigger than it was, right? It's a seven-point game, 10-point game the entire time. It's a little bit back and forth, late touchdown swings at that kind of thing. But I think uh, Ohio State's in for their first actual fight this season, uh, courtesy of Michigan State. So we'll do plenty more on them, uh, including with Matt Hepner in a couple of segments. First, he's going to join us, and we're going to talk about the Indiana game. And then tomorrow, of course, we'll talk a ton of Ohio State to sort of build on what we do today with them and, and give you the keys to the game and all that, what we usually do on Friday. But for now, uh, Matt's going to join us here in a minute. Uh, remember... Vivid Seats make a memory that lasts a lifetime with the Vivid Seats app. Help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Today's show is also brought to you in part by MyBookie. If you found $100 in the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course it's a rhetorical question. You're gonna take the money. So why do you keep picking winners every week and not betting on them? That's why you gotta to go to my It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you are betting on. And with my like they really they got it all. You gotta to go to mybookie.ag today. Just check out the site. You can bet on every game. You got first half lines, over, under, all these different things that you can pick. Um, if you want to get wild and crazy, you can bet on you know the Rugby World Cup, Champions League. There's live betting. You can do parlays. Of course, you can bet on golf, MMA, boxing, whatever you want. You can bet on politics. You can bet on movie stuff. Like there's a thing here that who's going to be the Green Lantern when they cast that movie? <laughs> like Tom Cruise is the favorite. There's another one. You can bet on who the next Pope is going to be, and it lists all the cardinals. And where they're from and their odds, like they have literally, if you can think of it, you can probably bet it on my bookie. So go to MyBookie.ag, check it out. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer and they will double your first deposit. I forgot where I was reading there. Join now in MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. All right, I'm happy to be joined now by Matt Hepner from The Only Colors. Matt joins the show every week and we uh, talk about some X's and O's stuff and just what's going on with the Michigan State team. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for making some time.
1: I am doing great. Thanks for uh, having me.
0: Absolutely. You were doing great until you had to write your get-to-know-the-opponent Ohio State piece, right? Yeah, that's,
1: uh, that was earlier today and and. I, I didn't feel didn't feel as good after that. Uh even even as as optimistic as I, I can try and be that uh that, that brought me down a peg.
0: Yeah, they're uh they're good. And we'll talk about Ohio State in uh, in a second. But I do wanna start with uh Indiana. You did your film room piece uh from that game. What are some things that really stood out for you from that game that you think are like repeatable or noteworthy that Michigan State can sort of take forward
1: uh, I mean I, I think one of the things that, that continues to happen and that we continue we talked about it a little bit last week and and you saw more of it this week was using the tight end yeah. and they've done a great job with that incorporating them and and as we talked and I had said before like I think that was a big piece that was missing especially in the red zone offense but you know really just in general and you know they they had guys step up obviously Matt seibert stepping up and making some plays he had a you know a couple of big plays and another touchdown uh this weekend and uh but like you know they they, they were using all I think all I think three different tight ends had catches in that Indiana game so mm-hmm. uh you know that's they're they're getting those guys involved and you know, that, that, that really helps out, you know, Brian Lewerke in general, giving him those options. And it just gives you so much more that you can do with the offense and so many more looks that you can throw at opponents. I mean, you know, we talked about some of the, the, you know, rub route type stuff that they, they did uh, with the tight ends last week. You know, they did a similar uh, set in the red zone with the receivers this week that led to uh, Stewart's first touchdown. So You know, I I think working that stuff in has has really helped a lot and and has really opened things up and given Lurkey a lot more options to go to.
0: How do you think he's been playing so far? Because I, I wrote a thing yesterday that I think he's playing well. I think this is the best version of Brian Lurkey that we've seen. But I still think there's things that he can and needs to get better at. But I think he's also done a good job kind of improving on some things, whether it's pocket movement. <laughs> Uh, even some accuracy things. He's done better uh, like as the season's gone along and I'm I'm seeing improvement kind of game to game. What have you thought so far of Brian Lewerke uh through five games?
1: Yeah, I, I think Brian lewerke has been playing pretty well and you know he's not he's not ever gonna be perfect. That's not who he is. That's not the type of player that he is. He's not gonna go out there and have, you know, Tom Brady esque accuracy and performances, but You know, this is a guy who, he makes plays. I mean, Mm -hmm. he makes plays when you need him to make plays. And, you know, you saw it at the end of the Arizona State game, even though that didn't end up in a good fashion at the end of the game for Michigan State. They got into position when they really had no business being in position to send that game to overtime. He, He did it again this week. He made plays when he needed to make plays. It, even at the, I'll go back to the the halftime or the the drive before the half last week against Northwestern. Offense had been sputtering, struggling. He didn't look good. They go out, put together a touchdown drive, make plays, and get into the end zone, and then things kind of picked up from there.
0: And so you're totally right. Just in terms of some of the inconsistencies and in the big plays, it's it's kind of what we come to expect from him, really. And you you and I were talking back and forth on Twitter. And you just kind of threw out there um, the Loworky game. And I told you you need to trademark that and we need to hash out on the show today what the Lewerke game is. So that's what we're going to do now. Uh, why don't you start us off? Give us a couple of things that are just like absolutely locked in, 100% are a part of the Lewerke game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to have a full Lewerke game, I, I think it's going to have to involve... I mean, there's going to have to be some big plays in there and possibly, like, you know, w- winning plays. Yeah. Two-minute drive is probably involved in there. And maybe, like, uh, you know, I mean, you're definitely going to have throws where you're like, how did he miss that? Like, wide-open guy misses a throw, but then comes back and, and makes a throw that he has no business making. And then, uh, you know, throw throw a couple of nice uh, nice runs in there. Like that one at the end of the game was a perfect Lewerke game type run.
0: Yeah. There's got to be a um, a near disastrous interception or turnover at some point too. Like an interception, a pick six oh, yeah. has to go off somebody's hands. There's a fumble that gets recovered by an offensive lineman or gets negated by a penalty. Like there's some sort of, not that he's super reckless, but there's always a reckless play involved in a, in a true Lewerke game.
1: And it's it's interesting because he's only had the one interception this year. Yeah, but I feel like he has a little bit, or he's he, he does have a little bit of uh, of the Connor Cook uh, pick luck that goes in his favor because Cook used to have those two where he'd you know he, there'd be like you know maybe one a game where you're like oh how did that not get intercepted? Yeah, and somehow he ended up throwing like five interceptions a year. So Like I think Lurkey's got a little bit of that going for him too.
0: Yeah, he's. There's a lot of similarities between a Connor Cook, the Connor Cook experience, and the and the Lewerke game. Uh, the Lowryki game certainly features more athleticism and more um more plays with the feet. It also features just mind-numbingly frustrating. Like you alluded to it, like a miss. It's never just like oh, you missed the throw. It's like the Anthony Williams throw or the the Cody White throw from last game. Like there seems there's one every single game where it's just like he rushes it or whatever happens and he throws it and it's a touchdown comes off the board and he instantly gets so mad at himself because he knew, like, oh, my God, I should have just taken an extra half second.
1: Yeah, and there's got to also be uh, a moment in there that, uh, you know, he takes a shot that scares you to death.
0: Yes. Oh, yes, that's a great point. And
1: unnecessarily, unnecessarily takes a shot that scares you to death.
0: Yeah, on that third and eleven draw against Northwestern, he got drilled, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> third and eleven Yeah, where he when was like slide.
1: five yards short of the six, yes. and he's like diving for it, and I'm like, "What yeah. are you doing?"
0: Yeah, he got nailed against Indiana too. So yeah, he he does get hit really hard once a game running, and he's always like six yards short of the first down marker when he does. Like, yeah, or that
1: where he caught that pass earlier this <laughs> yes, year, and then he was yes. like leaping for the end zone from like the four <laughs> yard line, he got like duplex out of bounds
0: and i was like oh what are you doing he is there are many things you could criticize that kid for uh competitive gamer toughness whatever you want to throw under that umbrella is not one of those things you can criticize him for like that dude is game for everything always and he doesn't like seem like it a ton like his personality isn't really like that he's not um I mean, he's like a good vocal leader, but he's not someone who's like crazy or anything like that. He's just like when he gets on the field and he's playing, like the dude is just kind of crazy. He's just like, "I'm here, I'm balling, I'm ready to just friggin' fight." Like he loves mixing it up.
1: You know who else has been giving him that same energy the last few weeks? Has been Cybert. He's been yes. bringing that, oh, that he's big like gamer that, energy, though. and he never lower. Like, he he lowers the shoulder and go. He never ducks out of bounds. Like I mean. He's, he's been playing like with his hair on fire the last couple of weeks. I love it.
0: <laughs> is that a redhead joke?
1: Uh, is he a redhead? I don't even yeah. really know. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. He has um, bright red hair, and then he wears it like um... – just what I've seen, like post game, he'll wear it like in a bun, kind of on top of his head, and it's the most intimidating thing ever. Because oh no, yeah, that's terrifying. he's huge. He's a monster <laughs> person, and it's like a he's a really, really nice kid. But it's like a you know, like something not silly, but like I don't know. That's sort of like a posh look, right? A man bun type thing. But when it's on a human of that size, and the hair, and he's got red hair, you're just like that is a terrifying person. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he does some of that. But yeah, Lewerke is um, a total gamer for sure. So yeah, I think we did a good job defining it there. Big big highlight reel plays, uh, missed throws that make you so mad, a touchdown off the board because of an inaccurate throw, some really nice plays in the run game, some potential disaster moment that could or could not end up turning out in his favor. And then he takes a really hard shot, Trying to get a first down or trying to score a touchdown when there's no chance he's going to do either thing. But at the end, yes, he he wins it for you. <laughs> yeah, at the end, everything is somehow okay. <laughs> like everything like, is okay.
1: Yeah. At least for another week.
0: <laughs> you look back on it and you're like, "Hey, Brian Lewerke, you played pretty well." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, dear God, if he is not in any way just like a baseline, like you know, like a monitor or whatever. Sure. No. Yeah. He is anything but boring. Like he is up and down and he's all over the place. But at the end of the day, there's been progress made. <laughs> yes. That is the, the quintessential Lewerke game. So we need to uh, get that going more as a, a thing that needs to become a thing among MSU Twitter. Uh, let's pause here for just a second. And then when we get back, uh, I want to turn the page to Ohio State and their uh, absolute death machine. So we'll do that here with Matt in just a minute. All right, back here with Matt Hepner from The Only Colors. Uh, we going to turn the page here, Matt, and talk about Ohio State. Uh, why don't you like just lay some things out there for us to get it going because you just did the know your opponent thing, so it's real fresh on your mind. What are What are some of the things that are the most noteworthy of this really noteworthy team?
1: Uh, I mean it's mostly what everybody already knows, but I mean I mean they're just killing people on both sides, right? I mean they're 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 scoring points in bunches and they're not giving anything up and I, I think I had the stat in here. It was they've they've won the last four games by forty plus points. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's that's the tied for the longest streak by a Big Ten team since World War One. So that's <laughs> that's not a good thing to be walking no. into.
0: <laughs> that's Although a you can argue
1: that they're due for a bad game, so that's what go. I'm kind of holding on to here. Well, but, they haven't—they
0: uh, haven't faced any resistance at all, and it may not end up being a close game, but there will be moments where they are facing resistance this weekend.
1: For sure, absolutely. They—I mean, you know, someone—you know—people want to argue like, "Oh, they haven't really played anybody." Well, they—they they played a couple of pretty, like, you know, middle of the road, not that bad teams, like that Indiana team that we faced last week, and you know, Cincinnati. They. They blitz them, but like, you know, they're they're top forty S&P plus teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they haven't played anybody. They just have been killing everybody. Yeah, so, Miami, Ohio, like that's that's they're a scrub team. That's why they lost seventy three to five or whatever it was. But everybody else is you know, decent teams in there, but they just I mean, they've been running the ball. Fields has been perfect. They haven't thrown a pick yet this year, which is they're one of nine teams that hasn't thrown an interception yet. So maybe we can get on the board in that one.
0: And then obviously Chase Young is just I don't even know what planet that guy's from. <laughs> He's uh yeah, Chase Young's special, but like I, I keep trying to remind myself, and I talked about this before you came on the show, that Ohio State Just got done having Nick Bosa, and before that had Joey Bosa. Um, both top draft picks, both incredible college players. Like, Chase Young's a really great special player, and he's going to be uh the first non quarterback taken in this upcoming NFL draft. But, like, the difference between him and the Bosa brothers, I don't even really know if there is one. Like, Michigan State facing an insanely good edge player. From Ohio State is nothing new. It's happened literally every single season for the past five years.
1: That is true. That is true. And it's been, it's come with varying levels of success mm-hmm. on Michigan State's part. Yeah. But so, uh, I mean, it can go wrong. <laughs> and it can. And look, like this, the, the offensive line being beat up early in the season is certainly not a helpful thing. Now, they've played mm-hmm. a lot better as of late. And they've done a pretty good job, actually. And it's surprising it is for as much uh, as the offensive line has been kind of maligned, they Michigan State's among the top teams in the country in fewest sacks allowed. Now, part of that is because of Lawryki's ability to move, mm-hmm. but I think they've also been doing a good job of trying to keep him clean, and they've been a lot more cognizant of what they can and can't do with this offensive line. We talked about the you know the the run blocking a lot. But the the way they've kind of schemed around it, they've been trying to get the ball out quicker. They've been trying to move Lawrky more, and uh, and they're going to have to find a lot of ways to do it this weekend because the it's not like it's just uh, Young that's going to be coming for them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're
1: I think I forget what I I think they're second in the country in sacks. They're
0: tied, they're, tied for averaging second. Everything yep. almost
1: five a game. Yeah, tied for second. averaging yeah. almost five a game. So. Yep. They're 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 all coming for you.
0: Yeah, they're just they they got a million different dudes and uh, I I know a lot of people thought there'd be a drop off because Urban Meyer's leaving and they did cycle out some talent, but the last like the, the recruiting class that's playing for uh, for Ohio State right now, the guys that are playing right now, it's two consecutive number 2 in the nation recruiting classes. Like this is perhaps the most talented Uh, Ohio State team that we've ever seen like Urban Meyer just changed the recruiting there for the better and it's crazy just to look at how many pros they have like the receiver group like that that's something that's gonna be really interesting because Michigan State's gonna have to get some pressure um, because that receiving group uh, is absolutely insane and if Justin Fields has time like I don't care how good Josiah Scott is Josh Butler the safeties there's a lot of good players but like they're going to get shredded if they can't get any sort of pressure on Justin Fields. Just like the receivers are sick.
1: Yeah. And they've, you can tell that just by looking at like the numbers. I mean, they, they've they been spreading the ball
0: out. right? Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: you got, yeah, they got four different guys with, with 10 catches already. They got three guys that have 16 or more catches, three guys already over 200 yards, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Fields is, is, Completing basically 70% of his passes. I mean, they're, they got guys for days and they're big and they're fast and they are a tough cover. And yeah, it's, you, you, they're, you're going to have to find ways to get pressure. And this is something that I, that I mentioned, um, the other day was that, you know, in that Indiana game, they weren't doing a Michigan State was not doing a great the the front four just by itself was not getting tremendous pressure and there was one of the reasons why uh, Penix was able to have the game he did they got to find some ways to bring some different looks some different pressure and try and throw something at Fields that he hasn't seen yet because if they just rush four they're going to be in for a long day
0: yeah and that's that is one thing that. I think does play into Michigan state's advantage a little bit as, you know, Justin Fields is, is inc- incredibly talented, very talented player. You see the production, just watch him for like five seconds and you get it. But he hasn't really faced a legitimate defense yet. Like this is going to be his first time going up against what is thought to be a top five, top 10 type defense. Cincinnati does a nice job. They're, it's just a different level of players. Nebraska's not, Anywhere close to being there yet on that side of the ball. Like, this is going to be his first real test. And that, you know, I guess you just don't know how someone's going to respond until they're actually, you know, playing against that level of opponent.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Michigan State can do a real, can make some big strides in that area in the game by getting some early pressure, forcing some early stops, you know, getting to them early. And, You know, something – look, if Michigan State's going to win this game, they're going to have to have a lot of things that are going to go their way. They're going to have to create some turnovers. Now, the the Buckeyes have not thrown a pick yet, but they put the ball on the ground a decent amount, especially considering who they've played so far. So, you know, that's an area that you can try and maybe exploit and, you know, see how it goes. But, yeah, I, I actually expect them to get an interception in this game off field either because they bring some pressure and he forces a throw, or maybe you just, you know, throw a look at him that he hasn't seen yet. But they're going to have to get turnovers if they want to win. And, you know, yeah, you're right. You you try and – you fluster him early, and then, you know, sometimes that, that kind of compounds and lasts the whole game.
0: hmm Yeah, and, and the thing – like, this Ohio State team um... – They've been productive through the air, but they are middle of the pack in terms of sacks per game they They give up sacks. They only have one returning starter on the offensive line, and pass protection has been a bit of an issue and Justin Fields is huge and fast, and so if he was a stone footed quarterback, it'd probably be even worse. Now you can't really that doesn't matter because he he is that fast and that big but it just kind of shows you how the protection hasn't really been holding up and they're a great run team. They're ninth in the country and rush uh, yards per attempt. The line can get things moving up there and that, you know, that's something that Michigan State could have some success with if they're slowing that running game down, if they're slowing Dobbins down and it's all kind of lumped onto Fields' shoulders and it's a close game late, like there's a chance that he's not going to be able to come up uh, and make that big play. And, and Michigan State will be able to get some pressure and get a big sack, a strip sack, you know, something like that. You know, like you said, things are going to have to go right. They're going to have to get a strip sack and then recover it, which is, you know, you make the play and then you actually got to recover it, which is a 50-50 proposition and pretty much luck at that point. So some stuff like that is going to have to go go right. But I think there are things that can play into Michigan State's favor in this game. Yeah,
1: and look, I mean, they've they've gone in there and won before when no one's given them a chance they've beaten Ohio state teams that are very good before this Mm -hmm. Michigan state team is good. They have a lot of good pieces. The defense is very good. They didn't have a great week last week. I expect them to bounce back this week that this group has not had, you know, back-to-back bad games uh, yet really since the time that they've the majority of this group has been together. And, the offense has turned the corner. I I really believe that. They have been much more consistent. Even going even though they didn't put points on the board against the in the Arizona State game, the offense was moving the ball. The things were there. It's it's, it's making more sense. Now they're going to have to make plays and it's going to be a heck of a lot tougher to get open and make the plays against these cast huge, terrifying Ohio State <laughs> defenders, but it's there if you can put it together, but it's going to, you're going to have to play a really clean game and you're going to have to catch some breaks in order to make it go your way and have a chance to to win at the end. Because this, like you said, this Ohio state team is, I, I think it's by far the most talented team that Michigan State's going to face this year.
0: Yes, easily. And uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a more talented team than the 2015 team, the last team Michigan state beat, but I don't think the talent discrepancy is any different. Than it was that game, considering Michigan State went into it without uh, their starting quarterback and used two pretty ineffective throwing quarterbacks, and just ran the 1942 wing T offense essentially the entire game. Like this, this I know the spread, uh, and I know what the numbers say, but the 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 discrepancy between these two teams is not as wide as it was uh, going into that 2015 game.
1: Yeah, I. And I don't remember what it, you know, I don't remember what the spread was in that game. I, I, I was, was in the fourteen I for think. that game in Ohio State, and I, I still don't even believe how that whole day <laughs> played out. Yeah, that whole day is very surreal. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because I remember two years ago, Michigan State played, uh, went into Ohio State and were big underdogs and got killed. But a lot of people thought that that spread was. Wrong and too high. Yeah. And it turned out that it was right, and that Michigan State was just coming off a really good, I think it was right off the Penn State game. And we we're like, oh, if you beat Ohio State, then we can, okay. But then we just got trucked from the beginning. Yeah. This is, for the most part, a lot of that same group. So I think that that's going to stick in their minds a little bit. I, I don't expect this game to be a beatdown, I, but I think that it could end up getting away late
0: sure yeah yeah i'm with you i think it stays close throughout and um you know i think i think on a neutral field ohio state's like 12 13 points better than this michigan state team and then you add in you know field goal for for home field advantage um And I I think, you know, if they lose by 14 and it's competitive and then Ohio State scores at the end, kind of like the 2014 game really, where I think they lost by 11 or or something like that, that would be a result that wouldn't be too surprising to me. And that's kind of the line that I'm taking in terms of how I think this thing plays out. All right. He's Matt Heppner from The Only Colors. Uh, Great having you on the show. As always, Matt, check out his work. Uh, You can get to know Ohio State. Uh, He's got the special teams breakdown and Shocking. Ohio State's great at special teams, too. Uh, Then you can, of course, check out his film room piece, which went up earlier in the week. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for making the time, and we will catch up with you next week.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Okay, thanks again to Matt for joining the show today. Thanks to you guys for listening. A little bit long on the episode today, but uh, hopefully you stuck through it. Some good stuff there. Always enjoy talking football with Matt. So we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to try to get a guest from Ohio State. You know how I tend to roll with these situations. I wait to the last minute and get the word out, and then I end up scrounging someone in to do an interview. I think I'll be able to get someone to give us the uh, Ohio State perspective on this game. So look for that tomorrow. Either way, full Ohio State, Michigan State preview on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Spartan. So we will see you then.